This is the Saddled Stallion Podcast, where men are equipped and encouraged to understand their wiring, clarify their mission, and find purpose along the path to its fulfillment. I'm your host, Chad Kanyer, and I'm stoked to have you here. Let's roll. Hey everyone, welcome to this author interview mini-series where I'm interviewing writer, podcaster, husband, father, and corporate juggernaut Chad Kanyer about his new book, Dying in the Wilderness, Finding Purpose Through Failure. Chad, thanks for coming on. Stop calling me a juggernaut. It's annoying. Uh, <laughs> hi, how are you, host? <laughs> Dude, you are a corporate juggernaut. Okay, we already got yeah, into this on one. We're not going to do let's it on do it. two. So I'll just... <laughs> By the time, yeah, by the time we're at chapter seven, I just nod. I'm like, I am a juggernaut. <laughs> Before I know it, it's like on your business cards. I start treating people like crap at work. I'm like, I'm a juggernaut, so. <laughs> You're like, check out my podcast. This guy knows what's up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, everyone, welcome back to episode two. We're going to be entering into chapter number one of Chad's book, Dying in the Wilderness, Finding Purpose Through Failure. And I'm going to start, y'all are going to hear this question um, on every episode, but it's because I know this guy and I know the way his mind thinks. And I know he took time actually like naming every chapter, like something that like meant <laughs> something or there's some sort of, you know, meaning behind the meaning sort of thing in each one. So I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask, why did you title the chapter Bleeding and Grinning? And what is the meaning or origin behind that for you? This chapter is kind of like it's it's a good kind of first chapter because it's literally like it's reliving my entry into wilderness and i nice. in this chapter i equate the first play in the wilderness of entrepreneurship with like the first play of a football game um i was li a linebacker in high school and in college but i actually like started in high school <laughs> um <laughs> so i actually played uh -huh. um and uh i just loved the first play because first play of the football game you've been like studying the other team all week and you haven't been actually playing football I mean you're simulating right. it and you're obviously practicing and and usually like that week your offense tries to simulate being the other team's offense like schematically yeah. and stuff like that but essentially it's all x's and o's right and then you're finally on the field and all of that information is in your brain just like all the information on business is in your brain when you step into the world of entrepreneurship, you're, you're almost overthinking everything, right? Cause you're like, yeah. Oh, it's got, Oh, I got to work on my business plan. Oh yeah. We have like, we need a marketing strategy and like, Oh, I should, I should right. go do business development today. Um, right. <laughs> but then you, but then you get that first play and that running back like jumps into the a gap and you blow him up. And uh -huh. once you hit him and maybe there's some blood involved, like you, kind of smile because you're like, I don't have to like obsess over the X's and O's anymore. I am nice. just playing football and I'm just Love it. running around having fun. The knowledge that I have is obviously still in my brain, but it's not primary. It's not the primary driver. It's feeding my activity, but I am, I'm acting naturally. And that's good. Um, and you get knocked on your ass in entrepreneurship. Like that is just yeah. <laughs> what happens in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so you bleeding do. and grinning is like, you're going to bleed here. You might as well smile and get your ass back out there for the next play. That's just That's how so entrepreneurship good. is. 
Dude, yeah, speaking of that, and uh, I've brought this up with you before, but that is how I was when, like, literally when we met, I had been knocked on my ass, and, like, I did not want to get back up, and I, I tell this story all the time, but you came, you were this young guy, you're like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, and I'm going to, like, yeah, yeah, and I was just like, dude, don't talk to me, like, I'm down here on my ass, leave me on my ass, licking my wounds, like, just get away from me, <laughs> I didn't want to get back up, but, uh, if the true story is, man, I, I watched you for a while because I did get out of it for a while and then I watched you for a while and you like encouraged me to get back into it, you know, so I'm definitely feeling that uh, that getting hit hard, getting back up. Any entrepreneur who's walked the walk for, you know, more than a year understands the feeling of getting knocked on your ass and having to get back up. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a courage there that not everyone has. I mean, at the end of yeah. the day. Like I interviewed, I've interviewed with a bunch of different companies since my entrepreneurial deal. And I'm just as real in the interviews as I am in the book about how I failed and I made a million yeah. mistakes and I learned a lot wow. and it taught me a lot about myself. And like, these are guys and gals who have been essentially working corporate America for 15, 20, 25, 30 years. And the level of respect they gain for me, like while I share that part of them envies just that I was strong enough to just try. That's awesome. Like I had one guy, one of these, one of the mentors at the last consulting firm I worked for in Dallas, he was like, you know, that took a lot of courage to do that. And I had never had anyone use the word courage. Wow. And I, and I was still healing from everything. It was right around when I was writing the book. And uh -huh. I like almost cried in the interview because I'm like, courage? Like I didn't feel courageous during that. But like he, that's heard, amazing. he heard my story and he called it courage. Like, wow. That's pretty cool, man. So you're going to get, you know, you're going to get your teeth kicked in a little bit in the entrepreneurial world. But oh, like, yeah. it just makes us, it makes us better. And here's the thing. What, what else do you want? I mean, you left the, mm. you left the comfortable confines of corporate America for a reason, didn't you? Like, don't you want to feel yeah. something here? Wow. It's an adventure. Dude, that's good, man. I, I love that. And like jumping into the next, it's kind of like question, comment, but I'm going to let you elaborate on this because okay. from reading the, the, the chapter, Bleeding and Grinning, and just like seeing the analysis and being, you know, I played high school football as well and loving it. Like you sound like an absolute animal on the football field. And like, <laughs> I want you, I, I, I've been in a personal zoom call with you before where I saw your, your high school football helmet behind you. And I mean, that thing had some serious dings on it. And I just feel like you were an animal out there, man. I want you to elaborate a little bit more on that so that people can kind of you know, get a feel for who they're, who they're listening to. This is embarrassing, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was a good high school football player. Like, yes, I made a lot of tackles, you know, like what, what I do believe you it. <laughs> do you well, no, say? I'm saying like when, well, here's what I'm saying. I read ble bleeding and grinning and I'm like, this guy treated the high school. Like he was in the NFL. Like he's watching. Oh, film. I took it he's very seriously. <laughs> Dude. I love. <laughs> I took it very, That's, but I wanted to play like college football. Like shoot, shooting yeah. the gaps and like, which way to like every little detail. Like I just loved reading. I'm like, this guy was so intense. Like you were the guy that running backs feared out there. You know, like that linebacker, they're like, this guy goes a hundred percent on every play. So don't think when you go up the middle in the fourth quarter, he's not still going to stand you up and drive you into the ground. Dude, I, uh, <laughs> I, 
I was known as like a hard hitting guy who like had a big mouth on him, by the way. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, come on. I mean, I played high school football. I I didn't go to a really good football school or anything. I played division three football, never even saw the field because I refused to learn the playbook. So like I <laughs> nothing great came out of it. But, you know, sports are they're an awesome analogy because our culture is really yeah. into sports. Everyone can kind of connect there. Most people yep. can. Yep. And like. I love working with athletes, working with former athletes, people who at yeah. least like at least when they were young, they they had to play on a team. They had to play a role. It maybe it wasn't a sexy, flashy role, but they were part of a team. They had a job. There's a discipline yep. there that like and the work involved. And the fun yeah. and the fun involved. Like sports are yeah. fun, man. Um, and yep. like the shared vision and everything. I mean, there's so many connections with like the working world and like getting things done in the working world and having a good, having good relationships and understanding that you're always not number one. And I mean, I, I just, I love, I love using sports analogies because most people can That's relate good. and I think it's a good domain. I think we learn a lot in sports. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. That's why I'm not telling you my questions or comments. Cause I knew, dude, I knew when I wrote that one down, I was like, this one's going to surprise him. Like hitting him up with the high school football like elaboration. I was like, he's not going to know where to go, but of course you're, you're like a master with words. So you just like took it right on in exactly what I knew you <laughs> no, would do. I love this. So. Cause like the same reason I loved not knowing where the running back was going to go in the first play. I love not knowing <laughs> the next question. I'm like at the edge of my seat. I'm like, I'm going to kick the, I'm going to kick the, the next, this, next question's asked i'm telling you <laughs> dude, dude i love it i love it well speak, speaking of this so this was something i got out of bleeding and grinning that dude just made me like i mean i wanted i wanted to cry for you or cry with you but i, I laughed because like i've been here before and felt the sting of this but you talk about your very first entrepreneurial oh, attempt so <laughs> like, so bad. the funny thing is is like i know that crossfit gym in east dallas because <laughs> i used to drive by it too and so i get like the full picture and like you know like you're coming in from seattle like you know microsoft guy like hat on backwards like you know just about to tell this young you know struggling gym owner what's up and what he needs to do with his business and then like just tell us about it man I, I like genuinely still struggle talking about this because it was mortifying <laughs> and just awkward and, but like so humbling, you know, yeah. so humbling, perfect yeah. example of coming with like a whiteboard full of X's and O's, but just not, mm. not trusting your athletic ability to just be in the moment and like build relationships and just kind of win the moment, but like yeah. obsess over like, Oh, but like I have to prove to them that I, I've read the playbook. Like I have to prove mm. to them that I'm worthy of being in this meeting rather than just being in the meeting, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, two young, uh, really like honestly successful uh, CrossFit gym owners in Dallas. And with, with, I had no idea how impressive their backgrounds were. Like one guy was in private uh. equity for oh. seven or eight years before he even <laughs> Bro, joined you were the not gym. expecting that. I'm like, private <laughs> equity? Like, I hope to work in private equity one day. So he right. knew the numbers like crazy. The other guy mm. was like, God, I mean, the guy was built like a freaking howitzer, man. And he <laughs> he was bragging. I mean, he was 
pretty egotistical, but he was bragging out the gate about how he makes like Olympic athletes throw up in his gym. He's so intense. And I'm like, this is oh not going to go well. At all. <laughs> <laughs> You're very intense. <laughs> um, and I'm like a meek little butterfly being like, I know people. Um, it was horrible, man. Uh, I, I, it was horrible. I should have dressed more professional. I should have, mm. uh, I should have asked more questions and, uh, spoke mm. less. Um, wow. I just, I don't know, man. I got my ass kicked and, uh, I, I really was discouraged after that. And, uh, I called, yeah. I called Danny, my wife and was just like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Like, I hate this. This is wow. stupid. And she was like, it's your first meeting ever. What do you expect to like crush it? Yeah. And, um, she's super matter of fact about stuff like that. But, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, like net net is that has to happen to every new entrepreneur. It just, it's like, yeah. it's like an initiation. That's amazing, man. When you were just sharing the story, I was thinking, you know, like if you wouldn't have fought through that first, cause I mean, yeah, just the way you write about it in your book and everything, like it is comp, like you got knocked down hard on that one. And you think about like, if you would have just given up or been like, all right, I'm not doing this. It's too embarrassing or I'm not cut out for it. And you'd have just stopped. Like imagine all the people over the next two years that you impacted myself included and then the book now that you've written about that time, the yeah. people you're, you're impacting through your podcast and through your book and how many people you're connecting with through all that and how you had to like, you know, you had to be strong enough to get back up and go try again after that first, like, you know, almost TKO on the, in the first round. Yeah, man, that's actually really, it's really encouraging actually to recap it like that. I, ha I had never thought of it like that. Like if I would have given up right there, I would have missed out on so much, right? Yeah. Like, that's like the kid who, like, I mean, we used to make fun of kids who, like, they see blood on their uniform and they, like, sprint out of the game. Like, they're looking right. for a reason to leave the game. <laughs> Dude, I right. would never, like, there were times where my coach is like, Chad, you have to leave the game. You're bleeding visibly. Like, the, the ref will not <laughs> let you play. And I'm like, no, it's third and one. Were you crazy? You know, like... You know, and so Love like, stay in the freaking game and just you're That's out there. Awesome. And sometimes, sometimes you need to go through some, some crap just to mm. be there for something good. Like yeah. you just have to stay in the game. You don't have to win every time. You just have to That's good. stay standing. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. <laughs> just stay standing, man. It's like those long lasting fights that we see like the boxing matches where it's like, yeah, holy hell, this is round 11. And like, who's right. winning this thing? They're both just getting the shit kicked out of them. Like no <laughs> one's going to win. And the guy wins just so because true. he's like, he didn't pass out. I mean, it's like a war of attrition, man. You know? So, you know, that, that's, that's another thing I learned, but yeah, the central theme of this chapter is like, Hey dude, you're going to get kicked around here. What else do you want? You signed up for this. Like it's time to ante up and just go, let's, mm. let's do this. That's good. That's good, man. Well, that's perfect. That leads us right into my fourth question. Cause I mean, I just feel like this is so appropriate. Like I love your talk about the whiteboard X's and O's I've been there and I love your talk about how it's so different from that to when, you know, like you said, the first play, once the action happens. So relating this to entrepreneurship, like you did in the book, man, like how different is it from in entrepreneurship, like what you have on paper, what you wrote down in your notebook to like once you get out there and the action actually takes place. These are really good questions, Trevor. Good job. Hey, hey, I appreciate well it. Done, you know, man. Put some time into it. Put some time into it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. What is, oh, man. 
there are a lot of things that you learn in school, right? Like I went to one of the best undergraduate business schools in the country, which makes my failure as an entrepreneur even more just, wow, how did that happen? <laughs> um, I went to Carnegie Mellon, man. They're known for uh-huh. tech and engineering and business. But uh, I want people to realize that those are all skill sets. Those are all tools. Hmm. And so like you can put all those tools in your tool belt and you can be like, wow. I'm ready to go and build a business. Yeah. But you've never taken the hammer out of your mm. holster, grabbed a nail out of your holster, climbed up a ladder, leaned wow. in and started hammering all of them together in harmony. And it's with the right timing. And and even that, right? You why would you go hammer the nail in to that when you haven't first measured all the work that you're doing and created blueprints and things like that? And so like hmm. there's this canvas that you need to have that, yeah, you're going to have skill sets and stuff like that, that you learn from your last job or that buddy who sat you down and taught you finance or something one time or whatever. Entrepreneurship, you have to bring it all together instinctively and efficiently and smartly and confidently mm. because no one is helping you. And so you, wow. there's this confidence aspect of like, I don't even have time to think about whether this is the right thing. I just need to go and make it as successful as I can make it and apply everything that I learn I've learned and every skill set I have in my bag and honestly hope and pray to God that the right things happen at the right time. So mm. it forces so much growth. It's so uncomfortable. It is super uncomfortable. Yeah. You don't have a boss anymore. You don't have a nine to five and you don't even have a structured schedule anymore. You don't even have like, right. Hey, in the morning we have meetings with accounting. You have none of that. It's like, how do I want to spend my day? So it's like hmm. just learning the discipline of how to manage your time and what to spend energy on is like yeah. 80% of the battle in entrepreneurship. It That's has nothing good. to do with understanding uh, how to write a business plan. That is so wow. There is that is so it's such a small component of being an entrepreneur. It is wow. it is really reading and reacting. You know, I actually really I really understand why people who have just that street smarts, um, yeah, like they don't have a formal education. I right. see why they can be very successful in entrepreneurship because they trust themselves, mm. they build relationships. And they just, they don't look back very much. They just go and they just mm. learn and they grow and they just, they don't overthink it, That's you know? Good, and if man. they're like, Hey, I suddenly need to go, I need to learn how to build a business plan or I need to learn how to do marketing projections. They get online and learn how to do marketing projections mm. instead of like, well, let me go pull from my undergraduate business degree, you know? Yeah. No, dude, you're so right, man. That's so cool. And such a great analogy. When you were saying that, I just saw the picture of like, yeah, like a young buck and he's got like a new tool belt and he's got all these new tools and he's like walking out to the job site with his blueprint of how to build the house. But like he's never built a house and he doesn't know how to do it. And then some like random construction worker guy that has no idea even how to read a blueprint can just come over and like pop up a house even faster than he can. You know what I mean? And like more efficiently and it's, and it's better built and everything. And it's like that whole, I love that picture you just painted of like, just because you have all the, 
you know, the smarts and the paperwork or the quote unquote smarts and all the things right on the page and all the numbers work out and the marketing strategy and everything's perfect. Like does not mean you can build that house because once the action happens and the timer goes off and you have, you know, two years to build, you know, an international business, you know what I mean? It's like, boom, there you go. Like you got to, all of a sudden you're trying to put that nail, <laughs> that nail gun, you're working it, yeah. you're trying to pop that thing up and it's like, you know, chaos. And next thing you know, oh wait, there's a freaking tornado coming through. Oh, it's raining for the next four days. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a snowstorm. Co- you know Conditions. I mean? Dude, th- th- this is the problem. It's like, I, I've thought a lot about like building educational content because hmm. yeah that's more entrepreneurial based and like honestly you know there are a lot of guys in silicon valley that, that are coming out and they're doing the same kind of thing they're starting like their own kind of mbas essentially they're more tangible right. or whatever. but there is a huge divide between what we yeah. are learning in school and hmm. what we actually need to make money it is that's crazy good, what 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 the schools will do is they will train you how to be a very good corporate consultant and corporate Hmm. associate like you work for a large company because the universities they work a lot in they they work heavily in tandem with corporations and so there's all Hmm. these synergies there but street smarts and figuring things out and networking you can't teach a lot of that stuff it's not it's not it's not university education. It's, it's, it's experiential education. It's life. That's good. That's really good, man. That's amazing, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to call it there. That was such a great way to finish it. And some really powerful truths that, that just came through right there. And so that'll be the end of episode two. And we'll be definitely coming back doing episode three shortly. And I just appreciate having you on, man. Super fun. I'm enjoying this. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. And just to remind everyone, this little author mini-series is about Chad's new book, Dying in the Wilderness, Finding Purpose Through Failure. You can get it on Amazon and the hardback, softback, ebook, and the audiobook will be coming soon as well. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Y'all have a blessed night. Thanks for listening to the Saddled Stallion Podcast. That's it, guys. Be strong, be humble, walk in purposeful manhood. Mm-hmm.